Well, welcome podcast listeners. Today, I have a great surprise for you. We have two more musicians. We have Jackie August, and I'm going to let her introduce you to Andy. Yes, this is Andy Ramsutan from Across the Board. Thanks for having us. And Across the Board actually is the name of the band, and they're coming to you from Canada. Jackie and Andy, could you tell us a little bit more about your band, you know, how you got started, but just some background on the band itself, but then also about each of you individually. Sure. Um, Well, I'll start with with about me and the history, and then Andy can tell you about himself. Um, So our band is called Across the Board. We initially started out as a garage jam, campfire, backyard jam kind of band of um, or group, I'll say, of musicians just from our neighborhood in our life who were semi-professional or even a few kind of upper-end amateur folks who just love to jam together. And uh, we did this for a little while, and then suddenly we had the great idea one day that we sounded so good and we should be making YouTube videos because that was all the, the rave and the craze back about five years ago. So um, we started a little YouTube channel, and we were looking for a band name for our crazy group of multi-instrumentalist musicians from all over the place. And the only thing that really stuck was across the board because we had people aged from 13 to 65. We had, you know all nationalities and backgrounds and uh, it just seemed fitting that it was called across the board at the time so that built uh, up over the next couple of years to the point where we were we had hundreds of videos on youtube and a fan base that started to span the globe and uh, we started getting requests to have uh, you know our own music like what do you guys sound like what's your own sound because we'd been covering other musicians all of the time that kind of lit the fire under our butts and we decided that we were going to take some of the the playwriting that we were doing a little bit more seriously and that uh, created our very first album which was called Jane on Fire uh, which came out in 2016 and that was sort of the launch of across the board moving from the internet box out into the reality of the real world where we've coexisted with both sides of our, our, our sort of online and offline presence ever since. And now three albums in, uh, we're now having just released our, our third album, which is the one that we're talking about really today, Sonic Boom, and that's the one that we're touring around. Let's listen in to some music from across the board. multi-instrumental musician. I was classically trained a million years ago. I play a bunch of instruments. Um, I play flute, oboe, saxophone, all percussion stuff, drums. I play every little stringy thing from violin to cello to guitars. 
I don't play the bass. I kind of suck <laughs> at the bass. <laughs> and I'm, I guess, the, the principal singer, song reader, and the front chick of the band. Um, and Andy can tell you a bit which, about himself. Which leads to, to um, me being the bass player in the band because we couldn't find any other bass player to play for our, our band. And yeah. um, I was sort of just delegated into that position. Um, but playing, you know, growing up in in the in, in Toronto locally and having a lot of friends and networking and what the thing to do growing up with your friends back then was, you know, you get together and jam music. So we would go and have a jam space at wherever or we would rent a jam space and we would play. And what we would do is we would all get up and switch positions after playing about 15 or 20 minutes on one instrument we'd all get up and play musical chairs and we would learn the next instrument so it was a lot of fun growing up doing that and we never got serious until it was when we started doing our original music and yeah. putting out Jane on Fire that we actually came yeah. into the real yeah, world. Yeah, really it. what happened is we, we started to see that people liked hanging out with us and they were subscribing to our channels and following us on our social media. And I started doing a little bit of research about music marketing and, you know, watching some other bands that we would consider to be mentors, like Walk Off the Earth, for example, mm -hmm. who's another Canadian band that made it big through the internet process, sort of like, you know, the path that we seem to be on. At the same time as all of this was going on, I happened to be finishing my MBA, which is kind of funny. And so I tied it all together. So, you know, my final project for my MBA was a combination of marketing and music and looking at the industry, the new music industry. And how, you know, social media and independent artists have made such a big impact on the music industry. And we thought we could be leaders in that. We could really use all of the research that we'd learned in doing four or five years of, of YouTube and other social media and all these videos. And uh, see if we could make a big splash or a big sonic boom, so to speak, <laughs> on our own without the help of any major label. With very, very consistent content. Content, yeah. content, and more content. Yeah. to keep um, the, the buzz alive, you know, keep the fire burning. And it's not something easy to do, but it's a lot of hard work, but it's something we enjoy very much. Let's talk a little bit about that, Andy, because I think that sometimes people think that you have this, um, what they see as the end result of what you do, right? So they'll overnight what, success. Yeah, exactly. They'll see what's been posted on YouTube or they'll see, you know, like, feedback to you, but not recognize that that was four years in the making to reach that level. Or yeah. while you were doing that, you're getting an MBA. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between the myth and the reality of today's music, the overnight success versus it's a business? Yes. And you know what, that's really, a, it's, a, it's an excellent point because only really the top 1% of the musicians that you're going to see on Spotify or MTV or YouTube are making any significant amounts of money. And they make, you know, that top 1% makes 99% of the money that's in the music industry. The rest of us, and that includes people signed to major labels, sort of fall in the, you know, fall in with whatever's going on. And I remember a friend of mine at, who was saying, oh, you guys are all over the internet. You have three albums out. I, I turn around, I see you all the time. You guys must be doing really well now financially. And I was thinking, 
we are so in the hole with this right. right now. It's the so facade of it all. It's such for a the... facade, but it's not a facade that we like represent or present. It's just the reality of it right now in the way the music industry works. And it's always worked this way. But for an independent artist, if you don't have a big label backing you and fronting the money for promotion, production, marketing, um, you're doing it out of your own pocket. And even the way the old contracts worked in the industry, it still came out of your pocket mm -hmm. because the labels would, you know, take their cut and they would make sure that you paid for everything, including breakage of vinyl and just all sorts of things that were sort of not your fault or not your responsibility in a, in a traditional business model because you should be sharing the risk with your investor. But in the old tradition of the music industry, you they didn't have to take any risk. And even now it's very similar too. The labels are signing kids who have millions of social media followers who are already influencers. So again, they're taking very little risk because they know that they've got a product that that artist has already spent all their time building a following for and a fan base for and a customer for, and they're just turning around and sort of polishing up a product to give to that customer base that they didn't even have to build. So it, it kind of, you know, I've got maybe a negative outlook on it, but, but it's the truth. That's the way it works. You know, just to add to that, in fact, the, the question was posed to our friends, Johnny and Sarah from Walk Off the Earth. And I, I listened to them talk about this just this week, I think. They have so much publicity out there and content. They're known for the, you know, that five guys and, and one girl on that guitar song. And they have so much good music out there and content. They were asked the question, why are you guys asking for money to make videos? Yeah. Right. And he went into, you know, he got into it a little bit into detail, but he outlined it as, let me put it to you this way. They have a, a team where they take with them to go to Europe for tour. And there's 20 or 30 of them that they have to pay all their plane tickets and their hotel fares and their meals and everything. And that's just the start of their cost. That's just the tip of it. That's then, the start of their yeah, cost. So just, got, for example, tally that up and ask yeah. me how much that costs. And you know, you'll see where money goes, are, right? touring Europe, you know, they're touring. They're making some money from tickets for sure. But, <laughs> but that is their only, that's money. their only income. So most of these bands have lost tons of money. The creators of... Uh, Patreon, which is a place for artists to, to get their fans to help sponsor them, is Pomplamoose, the band Pomplamoose. They're a Canadian band, and they outlined what the finances were on a major European tour that they did. They lost more money than they made, and this is a band who had a huge fan base and all the shows were sold out. And it's just because we're not selling albums or records as, as a major source of income anymore. Um, everybody gets that stuff for free or streams it. There's some amount of money in streaming for sure, but mostly for big names who are going to have those things streamed millions and billions of times. If you're the U2s or the Pearl yeah. Jams and that sort or of Or the stuff, Beyonce's right? and right. the rappers, you know, up there. Jeez, but yeah. right now for an indie artist, you know, our expenses are websites, equipment, rental of space, We've got a label slash media group production company that has a retainer. We've got a PR company that has a retainer. There's backup singers. There's backup singers that get paid. Um, and whenever a, one of our major musicians can't be there who's part of the branded band, we have to hire somebody to s step in. They get paid. When we leave and go out of town, you know, we have to pay everybody's expenses. And I mean, it just builds up creating CDs. Uh, making videos, high-end videos, the ones we can't do ourselves. These things are 
you know, they cost money. So they the con the, money. the conception of um, us being in the spotlight doesn't, yeah, it doesn't um, involve us having a lot of money. No, <laughs> it involves <laughs> us spending a lot of money. It's a very expensive yeah, so, hobby in a way, but know, it's a serious professional we're still, thing. We're still, we're still losing if you want to want to put yeah. it that way so financially so it's interesting i was talking to another gal another musician i asked her say someone's getting ready to start out what advice would you give and she goes i'd say learn the business it isn't about your art learn what it's, learn everything that goes on in a business because you need to know that exactly yeah i'm i'm gonna disagree about it isn't about your art because there's a lot of really good business people and they can they can fake it till they make it but to make it, you still need the art. So you have to have stuff that people like, but you can't get to the fans who like you without understanding the business. And I think that's right. probably where she was coming she from. Was. It was about understanding what it takes to get your art and your yes. your stuff out there. It's not just about being a great musician or a vocalist or whatever. You need to also understand what it takes to get it out there. Partly oh, yes. Well, I think it's equally just as important to know mm. the business aspect of it as well as Yeah, you have artist, to be a right? good artist and you have to be a good business person. And in the old days, you didn't have to. You didn't have to. Yeah. So we know a lot of musicians who are amazing musicians, amazing singers, amazing guitar players. They um, don't have any business sense at all. Or they don't have any funding to even start on how to do it. There are ways to do it for free, but you have to do a lot of things. So if you are somebody starting out, you don't have any money, you're a musician and you know that you, you're a good singer and you're a good guitar player, a good pianist, a good whatever you are, whatever artist, it's for any art. If you know you've got a good product that people are going to like, what you need to do is start, first of all, looking around at people who are doing the same thing that you are. Look at the other bands or other artists or other cartoonists or other people in any business really out there. What are they doing to succeed? You have to do your little mimicking, take model. them as a, a model, as a mentor. And then you, the next thing you need to do is start tuning into the gurus, like the Tony Robbins or Gary V's, you know? Gary V's great because Gary Vaynerchuk interviews musicians and he interviews business people and entrepreneurs of all sorts. And he's got really solid ideas and you, those are all free on YouTube. You can just go down the rabbit hole of a guy like Gary V. You need to know about social marketing, social media marketing. You need to know what the trends are and what's changing, where you should be. For now, the main places to be are Instagram, Facebook. You have to have your own website for a landing page. You need to bring people back to a central place that has everything that is you in it. Because you can only put certain things up on Instagram that are going to be just little snippets. People have short attention spans. Facebook, you can put a little more story-related stuff uh, on the main front page. But again, people need to go down the rabbit hole uh, somewhere and land somewhere. So you definitely have to have your own good website as a landing page. You need to have a little bit of Twitter because you have to be looking and seeing what's happening in the moment, Trendy. the trends. You may not have, you don't really have to be super active on Twitter, but you should be paying attention to musicians like yourself in your genre or in other similar genres. See what they're doing. That way you can see what festivals are playing, what venues are hot in your city. Who are the bookers that seem to be there? Who are the people that seem to be touring all the time? Network and then, locals. And then the next thing you have to do is you have to find those people and collaborate with them. You have to say, hey, you know, um, I've got a very similar fan base now, or I'm just starting out. Could you help me out? That's Can we do show. a show together? Or 
can we do a little video together and put it on YouTube? Let me, let me interrupt you here for just a second, because I think what you said right there goes against people's gut. And yet it is the key to success, right? Is to reach out to people similar and say, let's do something together. Of course it is. Look at Ariana Grande, Beyonce, Jay-Z. Why do you think all these guys are collaborating with each other constantly? Christina Aguilera and Demi Lovato just did an amazing song together called Fall in Line that uh, we covered as a collaboration with another artist, Emily McLeod, here in Toronto on our on our uh, main playlist, which is like the higher end cover videos that we do called Pick Up and Play. And that's just like collaboration breeds collaboration. These things are really important. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because it means you have to step out of your shell and you have to take a risk that they're going to say no. And, exactly. and a lot of them will. But you have to be a business person and hunt them down. Hunt them down. DM them on Instagram. Sh- send them a clip of yourself. Send them a clip of yourself singing one of their songs. Right. Ask them if they wouldn't mind retweeting it because now you've covered their song. And you're reaching all their fan base. And, and then suddenly you're reaching their fan base. Everybody is honored to have their songs covered by somebody else. And if somebody tells me they're not honored to have it covered, I will tell you that's completely crazy. You should be absolutely honored to have somebody cover your song because it, it means that somebody liked it enough to spend the time to learn it, to produce it, That's and to yes. send it out there, which means that they're helping you as the initial artist reach a bigger fan base. So these are just little tips that you can do if you're just starting out. Make sure that you're doing regular content on Instagram, mm-hmm. little stories, a picture of you playing your guitar. Do a, a, a one-minute review of your guitar. Do a one-minute uh, story or for 15-second story. What are you doing today that's music-related? And try and make everything under a theme. You have your Instagram. Theme it to the music. So we have our across-the-board Instagram as a band, but we also have Andy.across-the-board mm-hmm. and Jackie.across-the-board. You know, the people in our bands who are musicians, some of them play with other bands, but they all are linked together in the music sort of thing. And the same with Facebook. I've got, we've got our main Facebook page and then I've got a page that's Jackie the Musician and Andy's got a page that's Andy the Musician. So that our own fans come together. They might not like anything about Andy and his bass playing, but they may really relate to me or they may be so not interested in me, but think Andy's a kick-ass bass player. And then what we do is we, we make connections with those fans, make connections with other musicians. We bring everybody into the reality show that is us. So that that willingness, right, to be a little uncomfortable reaching out and getting no's from people, but doing it anyway, but yeah. also collaborating and being willing to share the spotlight with someone or let someone else benefit from you. Yes is really, I think, more and more something we're seeing, not just in music, but in other industries as well, as we realize, like, as our economies become more and more individual, and you've got more people doing their own things. But it's um, the definition of economy. It That's is. economic thing to do, because now you're reaching two fan bases with one video. If they like you, they're going to go down your rabbit hole and become oh, one of please. your fans. Yeah. And isn't so, it more fun to collaborate than just to have to do everything on your own? Oh, it is. It's Trust me, we do daily content. So I always love it when we get people over to help out. <laughs> if anything, share the load some days, you yeah. know. Um, but for the most part, it's just super fun. We had a Edmonton artist come through here on her Toronto tour. Edmonton is on the western side of Canada. Um, 
most of you know probably about West Edmonton Mall. This was sort of big in the 80s and the 90s. Calgary, Calgary Stampede. Stampede. This is just a, sort of on this side of the east side of the Rocky Mountains, just above Montana. So she came across the country on a train. Um, and as she was doing her tour out here in eastern Canada, um, she stopped by and did a content creation day with us. Yeah. And it was amazing. We covered one of her songs. And then together we covered uh, the new Ariana Grande song, God is a Woman. Mm -hmm. And her um, partner, who's her keyboard player, was involved. Andy, is, who's, who's my life we partner as well. And we, did a and we did a live Facebook session. So as she came through, we did our usual content creation day, which is where we do a whole bunch of stuff all at once. Again, talking about economy, right? Instead of having to set everything up and do that kind of makeup every day and be, you know, on top of my game musically every day. Same with Andy. We do it a couple of times a week. One is our rehearsal for our full band, and another is what we call content creation Sunday. So on Sunday, we get up, we rehearse. If the person is going to come with us, then they're, they're with us eating breakfast, meet and greet, rehearse, laugh, do what we do. And then, boom, 11.30, we're on EST, we're on Facebook. We go to work. Live. Yeah, we go to work. 12 o'clock, we're on Instagram live. And during that, we're building team building with the other band or the other uh, artists. Then we stop, have lunch, take a break. We shoot a cover video of one of their songs for what we call an acoustic jam. It's another series we have on YouTube and Facebook. Um, and then when that's done, uh, then we do our, our, our bigger music video, which will be a cover of a uh, more famous artists song than us. So like, like whatever, whatever, Grande, whatever, whatever sort of something with, that was just released. And that's a marketing strategy to not only challenge ourselves to do some new music and, and see what's out there, but to try and um, embark on the same wave that a lot of people are going to catch as they cover those new songs. People love to see covers of these new songs. They listen to, you know, Fall in Line from Christina Aguilera. And they're like, well, who else is singing this now? And there you see us come up there with a, another little video. In fact, we've, we've gotten videos out there before the actual artist. That's happened a couple of times. Because, because <laughs> just the lyric, yeah, you and me with uh, Pink. Um, right. Just because the, she had a lyric video out, but she didn't have a video video out. So we took it and made a video and we actually got a ton of hits off yeah, of it. Yeah, we like to jump the gun. Mike. We jumped the gun. So, um, but oh, I mean, you have fun. to be behind the song. You have to like the song. You have to give them a good song. You have to do good production. You have to do good video. But also having said that, don't be scared to put something that's less than polished either. People want to see what you look like when you wear makeup, when you don't wear makeup. They want to see when you make a mistake. Like. They want to laugh with you when you make a silly mistake. They want to see the struggle. It doesn't matter they if you're a musician the real, or not. They want the real. They want you. They want the real. Group. I follow a little girl called Delaney. She's from around here in Ontario somewhere. She's 13 or 12. She has a real struggle. She's been learning guitar and she's been playing, uh, singing songs with her dad on Instagram. It's called Delaney Plays Music, D-E-L-A-N-E-Y Plays Music. And it's just a young girl. Um, she started out, she couldn't sing a thing. Now I've been watching her development and I'm like, I'm excited to see her because every time I see her, she sounds better. She plays guitar so well now. We're following her along. We're fans right. of this. You're invested. We You're are invested no investing. And I'm encouraging her from the band's Instagram. You go, girl. Oh, my gosh, that sounds so good. Because 
I think we too, as, as artists, have to also help other artists come into their own. Well, this is it. So I think back to the point would be being able to stay on top of the social media and doing that on a daily right? Getting content, 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 as well as creating a buzz locally and networking with, you know, local artists and start growing and building organically. Yeah. Locally. You have to have a grass, you have to have a grassroots thing because you have to be able to sell out shows in your hometown before you can even imagine going an hour away. And that's the toughest thing to do is to sell out a hometown show. That's where most bands stop. They have trouble getting people out to their shows locally for several reasons. One, they don't know how to do it. Two, they forget to pay attention to the simple things about social media. Three, they're playing too many shows. Right. Four, they're playing in venues that don't attract their fan base. So there's, it's just like basic marketing 101. Promoting, promoting your Who is your fan? Figure that out. Once you figure out who your music, who's looking at your music, who's listening to music, who's coming to your shows, go get everybody. This is a good place for me to, to ask you guys a question because you have done that for your fan base, right? But now you guys are going to do a little pivot and change something up coming up in the next month or so, right? Yeah. yeah so why are. don't you share a little bit about, are you a little bit nervous? And two... What made you want to change direction? So if you could tell our listeners a little bit about that. Sure. Well, we have always come from the full band rock band thing. So all of the stuff that we've done up until this album and this tour have been full band, full go, all sound, everything, all in, all instruments, five, six, seven people on stage. What we did with Sonic Boom, which is our newest album, is that we changed directions and we did an acoustic tour. We hooked up with one of our, our uh, another artist, local artist who's also a great big rock singer, Jessica Speciale. Um, she also released an album through the same production company that we use on the same day in May. And we decided we're great friends. We decided to get together and do a tour together. So we launched it as a CD release, as a full band. And then we paired it all back and we decided to just do an acoustic on the road. So it's just me and Andy, maybe me, Andy, one of my backup singers. Andy's playing actually percussion and I'm playing an acoustic guitar. And then we've got Jessica who comes with her partner, Darnell, who's usually her drummer, who's now playing just the cajon like Andy does. And she's playing an acoustic guitar. And we've been doing these small little acoustic shows all over Ontario, Niagara Falls, Kingston, Ottawa, and um, those are fun. Those were super fun. Yeah. But as of September, we've got one more in Brantford coming up on uh, August 17th. But as of September 1st, we're going back now to a full band, full sound, six, seven people on stage thing at the Atria in Oshawa. And that'll kick off the not acoustic <laughs> part of our gonna, tour. So unleash yeah, the album we're going to unleash the album. We're going to unleash the cracking. So yeah, now we're, now we're looking at being tight as a band. It's not just me and Andy who live together. We can practice whenever we want. We need the whole band now to be tight. So we've got our regular rehearsals that have been going on for the last eight weeks. We need to get everybody there. We need to look after everybody if we have to stay overnight. We need to make sure they're on their game without being dictators about it because some of them are branded members, but some of them are on the payroll. So we, everybody has to treat this now seriously, whether you're a branded member and you don't get paid unless we get paid, but you get to be part of the band and part of the writing of it, or whether you are a hired gun, like our backup singers, for example. 
I have one other question kind of tied to that. Then this was information I learned about you, but you are also supporters of ovarian cancer in Canada. Is that correct? Yes. Um, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing. A good friend of ours, Mike Anderson, who booked us as part of our national tour in Canada last summer in Ottawa when we were bringing our EP called Amends across the country. He asked us if, uh, he asked me if I would be interested in writing a song and being part of something called She's Listening. And this is about, this is a, a nonprofit group uh, project that supports Ovarian Cancer Canada. And basically, ovarian cancer is probably the largest female cancer killer of all cancers because there's, it's undetectable. They're usually in the fallopian tubes or just not found on imaging. They don't usually become symptomatic until they spread far and wide. And there's not a lot of great treatment because it's just a cancer that people just uh, haven't spent a lot of money on. The great thing about breast cancer is that some very famous women have died and some very rich families whose women have died have supported that for many decades. So we have such excellent research and treatment protocols for breast cancer. That is not the case for ovarian cancer because it's a different animal. So the Ovarian Cancer Canada group really needs money. So the musicians, which is called the Coalition to Fight Ovarian Cancer, came together and created this project called She's Listening. And what it is is a series of shows, as well as a, a compilation CD every year, throughout Canada, but starting here in the east, Toronto, Ottawa area, that play shows, sell CDs, all in support of Ovarian Cancer Canada. And these are all acoustic shows by indie female artists, just a group that in each city, there's like three or four, then there's some that travel between. It's just sort of the who's who of unsigned female indie artists in Canada. It's amazing. And so I was just grateful to be asked to write a song. So I, I actually wrote a song titled She's Listening about this and created a little CD. And we've been giving that away for charity. And that's, we love doing that. And you know what else it does? It, it allows us to, meet some of these artists that we might collaborate with in the future mm -hmm. and it allows us to go to venues we would have never otherwise seen and just sort of be part of another pond of of artists so to speak we also have another thing we do i don't know if you know about this called indie gal so indie gal is a the canadian female artist indie artist collective that i founded in 2015 in support of our neighborhood hospital foundation, Humber River Hospital Foundation. And we created in 2015 a Christmas album for charity. And we did a show and we did an Indiegogo campaign and raised over $10,000 for that foundation in 2015. And then in 2017, we did a similar project with uh, the same uh, group of independent female artists and created a uh, album, Canadiana. a Canadiana album, tribute album to some of our iconic Canadian artists, such as Tragically Hip, Gordon Lightfoot, Neil Young, Rodeo. Blue Rodeo, Alanis Morissette, Sarah McLaughlin, Nelly Furtado, et cetera, et cetera, Bruce Coburn. And we did this album that sort of uh, half- full band full music and half acoustic pulled back stuff bubble, bubble cd yeah two cds, two CDs. and all of and this year we raised about seventy five hundred dollars for 
for our little hospital foundation in our community. Because so, we are healthcare workers. Yes, we are. So we we um you know we love to do this kind of thing, and it, it's given us experience too in in marketing projects like that, in trying to crowdfund projects, in collaborating with these girls. We created videos for each of these songs. We did all the production ourselves this year and oh, last yeah. time, and then did all the promotion, putting on a big show from scratch. So it's been it's been quite the exercise. Um, I don't think we'll do it for a couple of years again. It's kind of a big project. Very um, time consuming. Yeah. Realistically, it's about a good four to six month project of putting in consistent work. Yeah, it was. It took, and and I do all of the production except for some of the heavier band production that's done by our production company. But we have the indie gals singing and being the stars, and then we've got our indie guys who are always the the, the boys the in our bands, right? Who are the musicians. So that's in our amazing. Band. And that's where yeah. we, we also like to bring in like people outside of our band that are in the network to get in on that project as well. So other guitarists from other bands or the other drummer, bass player. For me, example, I, I don't play in that. Yeah, I, 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 give, I give other people in the network um, the opportunity to get in there. But he promotes. But I, but I promote. I'm the behind the scenes guy <laughs> in that project. As we get ready to wrap this, I've got two questions for you. One is the easy question. What's your, since you're all over social media, where's the best or central place to go and then people can spring out from there? Yeah, the best place would be to go to acrosstheboardmusic.ca and you can find everything there. Okay. Then the other question I have for each of you individually Here you are all these years into your band, all the changes, the unforeseen things coming up, understanding what you know now. And if you were to look at yourselves 20 years ago, what piece of advice or lesson learned would you tell yourself just to make the road ahead, I don't know, maybe a little less surprising or not, maybe not even any easier, but just better? I I wish I could tell you because... I don't think I would have changed anything. The pro, all yeah. of this has been a learning process. It all needed to happen. Because of what we did. Yeah, we, we really we needed to do it the way we did it. I would say in the earlier days, I would have done a little bit more social media marketing, understanding how to promote a YouTube, Instagram, Twitter post using the tools that those sites give you. Not trying to reinvent the wheel, but actually reading some of the tips and strategies that YouTube has for creators, that Instagram has for creators. I might have hired a strategist a little bit earlier on to help focus some of our videos. I think we would have um, done a little bit better just by thinking about what we were doing uh, with a bit more strategy in the earlier days and not just always kind of doing everything willy-nilly on our gut. Although there's something to be said for that too. But I think a better balance in the earlier days of gathering information and creating contents around the information. And Andy, what would you add to that? Anything? Uh, well, she pretty much nailed it for us both because time is really flying by. And I don't think people really see that until it's after the fact. So what I think is just the main thing is love what you're doing. Be happy of of what you're doing and you know it'll take you to that next level once you're having fun and you like what you do also i would have maybe i would have liked to have focused on more musical theory for myself back in 20 years ago if i had the chance 
but I can still do it now. But that's just one thing that I, I look back on now, saying that, thinking that I should have studied more theoretical stuff behind music instead of just being that player that plays by ear and just pick it up and learn. And I really wish I'd learned piano, number one. That's my number one. You know, for all the people out there who are, are worrying or wondering, should I do piano? Should I learn guitar classically? Should I put my kids in piano? Absolutely. Yeah. Every kid should learn how to read music, should learn the basic chords on a guitar, should learn to sing a few notes, and should learn how to play in rhythm on a tambourine. If you can do those things by the time you're 14, 15, <laughs> you're you on can your way. do whatever you want. I was with you until you did the in rhythm part. I'm going, damn. <laughs> I had all of the check marks until you said in rhythm. I, I have my own dang rhythm and it doesn't always work. But I would agree with you. And I know, I just think how much the world is better because there are musicians and people who love it and spend the time being great at it. And not even perfect, but just who love it. And it comes through in their music. So I want to thank you both for your time today and sharing on the podcast. I'm looking forward to having people get to meet you who might not know you. And for those who already know you, to just get another chance to hang out with you. Awesome. Well, we really are grateful for you um, having us on, finally connecting with us. We know we had a little challenge doing that, but we do appreciate it. would love to come back and talk to you again with uh, any new release. And we're going to be following your podcast, and we really enjoyed this interview. That was a pleasure. You're an excellent interviewer, Sarah. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. It's my own stretch project. So there you have it. There you go. All right, boys and girls, have a great rest of your day. So that's it for this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.